My name is Chris Fett and welcome to Just Fucking Men on Saturday at 3. On this episode, we'll be looking ahead to Rangers game against Dundee United at Ibrox this Saturday at 3pm, which just happens to be my birthday also. So joining me to go through this is Dave. Dave, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm excited for your birthday and the game. <laughs> uh, you had to say that, didn't you? Um, just a shame you probably didn't even know. Hi, it's... Um, <laughs> I was I was saying I was saying uh, in the group chat the other day the Rangers have been on a fine run of form uh, getting into this game and in, in the league anyway and uh, the fact that this game's on my birthday the fact that this game's against Dundee United my girlfriend's from Dundee I mean everything's going to conspire against me here and I've just got this horrible feel which I just shouldn't have because Dundee United are absolutely rotten but I still have this feel that my birthday's going to be ruined <laughs> it's just it's I, I, I don't know what it is. Help me be positive. I know you're probably the wrong podcaster to come on for that, but... Oh, uh, I, I was entirely positive until you just pointed out that sort of litany of facts. And now I completely agree. It's get one of Dundee United written all over it just because of everything you've said. I, I actually don't believe that for a second, but... Nah. Look, it's it's a, it's a difficult one, but the, the games in Scotland previews are always difficult because, let's be honest, the gap is humongous. It is probably the biggest gap there has ever been. There has been some debate about this gap because, obviously, when Dick Advocat was Rangers manager, when Martin O'Neill was Celtic manager, there was, for every De Boer, there was a Larson. For every uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, there was a Stylian Petrov. And, yeah, the quality of those old firm teams is better than the quality of the current O-Firm teams, I would totally concede to that. However, the problem is the quality of the rest are just not there. Dundee, uh, if we want to kind of stick in the Dundee theme, Dundee back then had fucking Claudio Canigia, Fabio Caballero, Juan Sara, Georgie Nemanzi. Dundee United have got a 35-year-old Stephen Fletcher's and currently um, the gap is so wide because the quality of the rest of the opposition is so poor. Is that a fair summarisation of it? I think so. The gap's, as you say, bigger than it's ever been. And I think it's been exacerbated by, one, it's a general trend in world football that the bigger teams are pulling away financially. And two, five subs now just renders renders and Celtic theoretically, or should render them theoretically, unbeatable just with the depth of squad. But certainly in terms of the overall quality of the league, going even further back, I remember... Aberdeen having international players and Dutch internationals and uh, every team would have its kind of reasonably high profile foreign star. Now you look around the league and the only guys that are in it are of of any household name value are guys like 35 year old Stephen Fletcher who is 35, had a reasonable career in England and is also Stephen Fletcher. But that's about it really. So there isn't any quality and I can't see bar a shock or bar certain clubs like Livingston pulling diamonds out of the rough transfer policy wise Rangers and Celtic losing too many points never mind games now so it makes our job a lot dif- more difficult to actually analyse the opposition because it's it's not really about what the opposition could possess in terms of a threat it's more about if Rangers turn up Rangers should win and that is the way things are going. So the talking points in these sort of podcasts become less and less, and almost to the point where you're kind of scraping the barrel looking around. But with Dundee United in particular, there is a few talking points. They did sack Liam Fox. Um, I don't think that's any shock to anyone. And they did replace him with Jim Goodwin, which was 
I don't really get that. And, and incidentally, uh, Dave, I don't know if you know this, but Liam Fox has actually joined the Aberdeen coaching staff uh, to be Barry Robson's kind of uh, first team coach. So that's a wee kind of a wee quirk there. But um, Jim Goodwin, look, he's not got a great record against Rangers. Yes, he has beaten us with St Mirren in the Cup. I think that's his only win against Rangers. He had a decent record with St Mirren. Probably overachieved a little there. Massively underachieved with uh, Aberdeen. Get a bit of a point to prove. He's going to come to Ibrox. He's going to set 11 men behind the ball. He's going to try and grab a point. If he wants to be a wee bit ambitious, mate, grab us in the break. That's his game plan. All about how Rangers break them down. And it's not going to be a pretty pretty watch, is it? Because as, as we've discussed plenty of times on this podcast, we do struggle to break these teams down. However, what I will say is, if we do get the early breakthrough, we always do seem to then kill kill games off eventually. I, I, would, I, would, I would love to kill games off a wee bit quicker, but eventually we do kill them off. So is that the key on Saturday, getting that early goal and it doesn't become a huff and puff job? Uh, it's always the key, isn't it? You need to get break these teams down early and get a fast start. I think it's something we've been guilty of not doing enough. It's getting the front foot early and get that breakthrough because that fucking thwarts their entire week, as you say. We mentioned it last time. I don't know if I was on the Motherwell pod, but every young coach in Scotland is an absolute thrall to this low block defensive cut off the passing lanes. And Jim Goodwin will be the same. It always is. Sit in deep, two banks of five, launch it as far as you can get Stephen Fletcher to chase it. It's not particularly it's scintillating league for Rangers and Celtic to play in, in that respect, albeit they should be capable of beating these teams. And, you know, Dundee United in particular seem to, I know they tried for a few years to position themselves as their rivals, their fans still feel like that. They're always going to come to Ibrox and massively raise their game and throw themselves in front of shots. So you need, you need the early breakthrough. We seem to find a way of giving other teams it quite a bit at Ibrox but there's no reason whatsoever why we shouldn't be pairing them in and getting a fast getting going for the start and trying to open them up sooner rather than later this is a team that's in probably one of the worst runs of form ever in the SPL apart from the ones that have gone down with record points totals they're bottom of the league and it's only the fact that other teams are equally as bad that are keeping them in touching distance so really as a football match this should be pretty much one way traffic in terms of the direction of attacks and travel and I just I'd like to see us really try and press the advantage of that first 15-20 minutes because if that happens then it should be game over Listen I, I, I try I try and be as respectful as I possibly can to, to our opposition so I'm more respectful to some clubs than I am to others but with Dundee United I'm, I'm not even going to even attempt to be respectful in any way shape or form uh, they, they are a terrible terrible football side and in, in, in actual fact I would believe that most Dundee fans would actually agree with me there, to be honest. Um, they, they are not good at all. If they get anything from us on Saturday, then we have failed miserably. Um, it would be a complete massive failure uh, on our part. They've got a very ageing squad. Um, you know, Charlie Mulgrew, Stephen Fletcher, two stalwarts of that team. A couple of decent youngsters coming through. Uh, I think Liam Fox tried to blood one or two of them in, but you're not going to get much out of them in a relegation battle. Squad is littered with journeymen. Um, their keeper especially is is a, a, a weak link there. Best player at Dundee United is probably Dylan Levitt. I think 
I mean, it was quite a sensational coup that Dundee United were actually able to sign him. Obviously, he was at the World Cup with Wales. He was on loan last season at Dundee United for Manchester United, and obviously his contract expired. But interest down south, and Dundee United managed to pull that off. Um, he he is one to watch because he is a player that is far too good for Dundee United in their current uh, predicament. Obviously, they've got Glenn Middleton that we know about. Probably could cause us one or two problems if we allow him to. Um, but apart from that, really, Dave, th- th- there is nothing to worry about really with that team. It's the style of play that they will adopt that is the biggest worry because obviously disciplined, no gaps, 11 men behind the ball will be difficult. As you say, the ball will go up high Stephen Fletcher. The game at Tannadice, the most recent game, Stephen Fletcher did give Ben Davis in particular some problems. Even Connor Golson struggled to the point they just allowed him to win that ball because they knew that no man, eh, no Dundee United man was going to run off it, so they would um, recycle the ball anyway. I think that will be the game plan from the get-go there. So, it's got, as I say, David, it will be an ugly watch, but is there, is there any players in particular that you think that we should be keeping an eye on or have I pretty much covered the so-called danger men there? I think you've covered the players to watch, the ones that we would know about, but even the games that Ibrox have deployed, Middleton is a secondary fullback almost, and made him do real defensive shift. Fletcher's mobility isn't where it once was, albeit he's still a, I've always rated him and thought he was a good player. Uh, we demanded the signing him back in the day, but he's, he's kind of game intelligence, game now experience, but realistically, there shouldn't be anything there for us to be worried about. I don't expect anything other than our backs to the wall type performance but as you see with the personnel there and the attitude between the clubs you're going to get a very very dogged backs to the wall performance that's possibly out of keeping with where they're at in terms of their forum but realistically it should be a matter of Rangers imposing the style and us getting our big players involved frequently Tavin Yilmaz, Kent and Sakala whoever's chosen through the middle should be seeing plenty of the ball as well as hopefully Raskin, hopefully he's back fit and Cantwell in the middle. It should basically be those guys doing what they want up to a point, up until they hit that low block. I was going to bring up Raskin. He seems to be the kind of only recent injury doubt that we, that we still have. Obviously, uh, Kamal Roof and Tom Lawrence, they're obviously not going to make any appearances uh, at all this season. It'll be next season before we see them. Raskin seems to be the only one that is a doubt for this game. Now, this has been recorded before the press conference, so we don't actually know. Um, Dave, I will be honest, even if he is fit, I don't think he's going to be risked. I think it'll be Kamara, Jack or Lundstrom. Um, it'll be... Two of those three in there, I don't think he's going to risk them uh, straight away. He'll probably get maybe 20, 30 minutes off the bench, just build them back up again. Um, because there's always that threat of a relapse if you just fling them straight back in. Especially Raskin's case, where he's not played much football in the last kind of two or three months. So I wouldn't be adverse to, to, to that approach. I would like to see him start because I just I think sometimes in the medical department are a bit too risk averse. We'd be bringing players back and we kid kind of kid gloves them in but I know what you're saying and it should be a, one of these games where realistically a game like this at home against Dundee United is a game where you could take a few of the bigger hitters out the firing line and, and keep them in reserve albeit historically in reality well that's nice in theory it's never really worked for us and we've kind of needed the big hitters to come on but it should be a day where we can afford to maybe just leave him out and no shuffle the packs we've just had a two week break but you should be able to cope in these types of games with some of your bigger hitters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms of the international break, there is 
no injuries there. We, we can throw that clean, so that that is good. There is one thing I do want to talk about with international break, though, uh, that is Rangers-related. Fashion Sakala uh, effectively released a statement on uh, Instagram where, I'll, I'll, re- I'll read it out, um, he said, being called for national team games has and will always be an honour to me. However, this time it has been very difficult and by far the worst experience of my entire career. Over the years, I've endured the pain of being insulted endlessly by the Zambian fans for my style of playing. Game after game, the game we had in South Africa on the 26th of March 2023 was no different as I was brutally insulted, being called selfish, etc. by Zambian fans at the stadium before the game started. I am a winger, I am highly trained to dribble, cause threats to opponents and have as many touches as it profits the team to have more chances and I believe that's why I've been playing successfully in Europe for seven years. I have no doubt that my performance, sorry, I have no doubt that my performances in Europe contribute immensely in the decisions that grant me being called for national team games and to add value to the squad. I'm very disappointed in the Zambian fans for the vicious insults and endlessly boon directed to me when I have done nothing but show hard work, sacrifice, dedication and commitment to win games for my country. I appreciate the support I'm receiving from my family, national team coach, the entire management, my teammates and all the fans that have shown me love and support. I will continue to wear my national jersey with pride because Zambia represent unity. Yeah, so look, this is really, really poor because I'm going to imagine, I'm going to go on a limb here, Dave, and say it's harder to play for Rangers than it is for Zambia. Albeit, that's no downplaying the passion of the Zambian fans. Obviously, they are very passionate, but we as a fan base, if you look at the Rangers fans, we accept Sakala comes with flaws because if he didn't come with flaws, Sakala would be playing for Real Madrid, Man City, uh, Barcelona. You know, he he would be one of the big hitters. If if Sakala had everything in his game with that pace and power and that directness, he's not going to be playing at Rangers. So we accept the good with the bad because that's what Fashion Sakala is. And it's a joke, especially on this podcast, where if Sakala has a good game, we say, ah, he's having one of his one of his good days, and if he's having one of his bad days, we go, oh, there's, there's wee fashion down, doing his, doing his, uh, having a bad day or whatever. And we accept that. We, 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 do not, we never, ever cross the line with Sakala because he's such a vibrant, happy wee guy. He's the happiest Rangers player I've ever seen in my life. It, the, there's a cliche, he plays with a smile on his face. Um, and it is a cliche because you very rarely see any football player playing with a smile on his face. Yeah, we Sakala literally plays with a smile on his face every single game. And the language he's used here, Dave, is quite strong. Brutally insulted endlessly. Um, it's I, I, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him because he doesn't deserve this at all, especially from his own countrymen. And there's, there's part of me, Dave, I get it. I know what they're frustrated about because... It will be the same things we get frustrated about, but crossing that line to a guy who's playing at a level that no many of these Ambien players will be playing at is is a dangerous game for them to be playing. Because I've read what I'm reading into this is if this continues, I'm chucking it. It sounds like that. I'm not sure he's quite there yet, but I'd just like to this opportunity to uh, offer any of our Zambian listeners a square go uh, <laughs> because I'm not having this. I'm just not standing for this, man. I, I, I'm quite a vocal critic. It's, it's never a criticism. We criticise players and you, you do go, he's a fucking, he's hope. But you always, some guys just have that innate lovability and fashion's like that. And I really don't know what it is they're expecting. He's the, 
who else? Pats and Dacca. Yeah, that's it. But, that's, that's it. But is probably the highest profile Zambian footballer currently, and I'm not really too up in my my Zambian footballer. You know, if they've had any other higher profile players playing at any bigger clubs, we're probably the big. He's probably the biggest and best supported club. So a message to the, the fucking Zambian country as a whole: wind your fucking necks in a bit and just appreciate him. Yeah, it's it's not good. I, I didn't see this coming either because my ignorance, obviously, was he's a national hero because he plays for Rangers, he played in a European final, and he's he's doing all this fucking high-profile stuff for the country of Zambia, and then he's very well-spoken, he's a very happy wee guy. He's raised the profile of Zambia's um, charitable needs. He talks about his village a lot. He's very, very proud of where he comes from, and this must be a kick in the balls to him. And I'm you, Dave. I'm just not having it. I just want to be his honours. Absolutely, they just need to wind their neck in. It's as we know, I don't really care much for international football. It's in the big tournaments. It's wholly unrealistic, and it's a total da opinion to say you shouldn't play for your country. It's a guy's honour. But if it was me personally, and I could wave a magic wand and change a lot of things that be required to change this. Rangers players playing international particularly qualifiers doesn't really do it for me in the sense of the injury thing that usually comes and bullshit like this Staying on internationals Dave because it is very um, thematic the Scotland game against Spain um, was obviously a very good performance Ryan Jack wasn't involved at all but one player that was involved that could potentially be a Rangers player next season as Angus Gunn. Now, I know we don't really always talk about um, transfer speculation on this podcast, but I think it's relevant here because it does look as if it is a realistic possibility that we could be getting in for, for Angus Gunn. Now, a lot of the chat is he's a decent shot stopper, decent command uh, of his area, terrible with the ball at his feet. Now, I, I will say that's a. I actually think that's quite an accurate assessment of him because from what I've seen against Spain, um, he was old school man. That ball came to him, he was fucking launching that. And do you know something? I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. What I did like was when every ball came into that box, he came, he got it, um, and it was safe for him. Had a few uh, decent saves, one in particular in the first half where he, he tipped one over. Um, he's a big boy, must be about six foot four. We could do a lot worse than Angus Gunn, Dave. Um, I, I would not be against that at all. Uh, I saw the game. I, I, again, I don't really care for international football and I don't watch much of Scotland in qualifiers. Although it did dawn on me last night that I've only ever, I must only have ever watched at most 10 Scotland games their entirety. And it's included both France games, the game they qualified recently, last night, the Italy game that they came so close to qualifying in and Brazil at the World Cup 98 where they put in a kind of credible performance so I think maybe all Scotland are missing really is me being on side <laughs> I think they just, they just need to get back just apologise to the various Rangers players they've wronged apologise to us for what happened in 2012 and maybe make the strip a wee lighter shade of blue and try and get me back on side I might be the lucky charm they need uh, safe to say I'll be watching them much more um, but Angus Gunn I thought looked competent looked reasonably assured kicking was a bit wonky but as you say caught everything he was expected to claim looked a fairly commanding presence I don't really know an awful lot about him with that but oh, with the situation his goalkeeper's been in the last 18 months his dad would be an improvement probably and probably younger than Alan McGregor so aye 
it fills the homegrown quote as well, I would imagine. Although I don't know if he's association trained, but there's a number of positives there for me and it's worth keeping an eye on. Only 25 as well, so he could be the Rangers goalkeeper for the next 15 years if he has the same career as Alan McGregor, who I will come on to here because Michael Beale had a few comments praising Alan McGregor's professionalism, his dedication and his work rate and his willingness to learn, even at the age of 41. Um, as he approaches his 500th Rangers appearance, uh, which could come in the Saturday. But I, I think Bill all but confirmed it will actually come in the Saturday. Bill then said something that has worried some Rangers fans, and the clickbaiters have absolutely loved it because it's obviously got them some hits on their website, where Bill said that he will make his 500th appearance this weekend and many more after it, which suggests... In some lights, not 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 my view. Uh, I'm worried about it, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. But um, it could be interpreted that it suggests a new contract might be in the the pipeline. There, uh, look, I don't think I don't think that's what Bill was alluding to. Um, what I will say is two opinions. I don't think it's what he's alluding to. If that is what he's alluding to. Uh, yeah, we can forget it. And that's no disrespect to Alan McGregor, because I've seen a lot of disrespect towards Alan McGregor recently, um, purely because he hasn't had the greatest season. Um, didn't have the greatest season last year either. Um, but we should still remember that Alan McGregor's been a fantastic servant to this football club. He's been, you know, I mean, Dave, you and I probably agree that he just pips Gorham purely because of his long longevity. But uh, you, you can't be disrespectful to Alan McGregor, but you have to be realistic. He's not the future of Rangers, um, and that's that's nothing against him. That's just father time picking up, um, uh, picking up speed there, and we we have to we have to be looking at this position as a priority. Oh, it's it's it, what, probably the number one. It was probably the number one priority in the summer as well because our greatest teams have thrived on guys who border on certainly international class or they are but they border in world class at times because we're only going to face 80 shots a season a maximum of two a game so the concentration levels and ability to save the ones of them that are going in the top corner is is necessary and we can't get through a season as Rangers without a top class goalie we've learned that at times painfully but we've had a kind of almost we should have had an unbroken lineage for Woods to Gorham, to Kloss, to McGregor, almost. And in between that, the ones that have been in, none of them have set the heather in fire. Nobody's really honourable mention in the lower leagues to Fodderingham, I suppose. But would you have him back? Probably not. We need a guy who is at the top of his game in that position. And it needs to be addressed a matter of urgency. And this is the first time since McGregor came in, we've been in the top flight, where we've had to actually proactively recruit for that position. Obviously, Kloss, we spent an absolute fortune on. Gorham, we signed the Scotland international keeper. Woods, England international. So it's a unique position for us to be hunting about for a goalie who has to have all the attributes and you know what the transfer policy is like at the minute I don't know if I've got the faith, but we really need to get this one right. We can't afford that for want of a better comparison off the top of my head, a barcast situation, because that just blows a whole blow of the water line for us for the title. This needs to be got right. You can kind of carry a poor sign in our departments, I think. If you sign somebody who's maybe no great, you can cope or move them on or bring in others. But the goalie's the last line of defence and it's a one-man position. So unless we get it right, we're in a bit of bother. And absolutely, getting it right has to include... A very, very fond and warm farewell for a guy who's an undisputed club legend and stalwart, but the farewell has to come now. 
Uh, Pujus Andrew has messaged to uh, for, for me to actually say that he's a good Norwich boy as well, Angus Gunn, um, as if that actually fucking means it. And Dave, I don't know. Well, our, our, our beautiful Todd is also for that Nicky the Wood, so maybe there's something in that. Oh, it's, I know Andrew's a Norwich fan. Um, it, well, obviously he's a Rangers fan, but his English team is Norwich, so I was just having a wee joke there. But um, see, 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 to be honest, I, I actually think it's more obvious than Angus Gunn. I've been saying this for the best part of probably 18 months now and I know we are kind of getting into speculation here but the the Joe Hart route is open to Rangers uh, this summer if we want to go down it uh, an England internationalist who is probably best years are behind him but he's still competent enough to play up here for at least two or three seasons he is going to be a free transfer um, and his name's Jack Butland I, I know he's at Man United on London now and they very, me- they, they very well may you know bring him in as a number three goalkeeper uh, but the question should be asked: Do you fancy it up here as number one for a couple of years? And I, I don't, I do not know why we haven't explored that because it was available last summer, and we decided obviously to keep McGregor and McLaughlin. And that for me, Dave, is I'm 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 fairly um, all right with going down the Joe Hart route, which is obviously as I mentioned, ex England international, best days are behind them, but still competent enough to actually perform up here. Is that is that a, a route you would be quite? Happy to go down, or are you thinking short, medium, and long term? As I say, with Angus Gunn, you know there is nothing stopping Angus Gunn from being here for the next fifteen years if we did sign him. I, I think if the money's there and the deal could be done both, because we need two and we need a competent backup. I'm not against Butland, but it had to cross my mind. But he's never really settled at a club apart from Stoke. He's had a good number of loans in his younger days. He's, He's never really made the, don't be settled. I mean, he's never made the step up to to a big club, yeah. To be a regular, and the the Joe Hart. I mean, what we're seeing with Joe Hart is a guy who was not good enough to play as a sweeper keeper in England. Shot stopping still decent to good. He's on pitch leadership is good. He's experienced at a high level. It ticks a lot of boxes, and the alternative would be reaching out into the markets that we can operate in, which is probably going to be the mid. Lower reaches of leagues like Germany and France, or into the Balkans, or Scandinavia for a guy, and they come with a lot of a lot of unknowns in terms of how tested they are and environment liqueurs. Whereas somebody like Butland maybe get it a wee bit more because it's not just ability with a Rangers keeper. It's if you look at Kloss wasn't the most vocal, but McGregor, Kloss, and Gorham all had a certain attitude mm-hmm. uh, and an aggression and an ability to dominate Klaus was a captain albeit it was in the vocal an ability to shake teams down and instill fear in opposition because they knew they'd an aura we need that we can't afford a guy who comes for we're linked with some guy for Schalke and doesn't have that fear attitude that just totally wins games you've seen you know the penalty against Red Star there was absolutely no way that wee guy was scoring that. No. McGregor just... <clears throat> McGregor had him psyched out for the minute that attack started. Yeah. And Gorham, on so many occasions, psyched players, one points in one games on their own with just a sheer aura. And we need that that mental aggression. I'm not saying as it is in the Butland, but I think there's a wee element in that, an arrogance with Joe Hart, that you can see just he doesn't believe he's going to get beat. And Fraser Forster, I think, was a bit the same. It's a guy like that that we maybe need. 
Well, we definitely need, but maybe a guy like Butland has those characteristics as well as the, the raw goalkeeping skills. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, remains to be seen what happens there. Final point, uh, just kind of swinging back round to the game this Saturday. Is this the game where we could potentially see the three at the back by using um, Suter, Davis and Goldson? Now, I know your thoughts on that, you know, having three defenders at the back is worse than having two, but obviously... I've counteracted that saying it could actually be more attacking because Bonner and Tav would actually be more like wingers, actual proper wingers rather than fullbacks. So is that something that you would be surprised to see or is it is that for a game against Celtic at Hamden, for example? I think, I said last week, I'm not a fan of that as a system. I think Bonner and Tav or Yilmaz and Tav, I think it will be probably still again. I think you'll keep his position. Are, are enough like wingers that we don't need that and it just means taking a a slightly more forward-thinking player rotation. Where we might see it is in the last 20 minutes. If it's going to happen, it'll happen then. Or Suter might come on just to go into the shape because we've got Celtic in the horizon a couple of times just to test it out. But I don't, th- I don't think, as we said at the start of the programme, there's not enough of a threat to justify three guys being pegged back. Stephen Fletcher winning flick-ons to Nebdy isn't justifying having three guys on the pitch to deal with that. So you're as well just to have Lundstrom or Kamara or if Jack's fit, which is always a doubt after international games, 15 to 20 yards higher, dropping in when necessary, rather than three of them whose instinct and training will be to drop back. But I wouldn't be surprised to see the last 15, 20 minutes a wee dress rehearsal for a, a 3-5-1-1 type scenario, which is obviously, if it does happen, that might be any thoughts for Parkhead. But then again, he might date as a wee bit of red herring for them. Plus, it gets Suter minutes in a fairly protected way. It means Suter's not having to burst into any any lung-busting sprints because he knows he's got two to cover him and he can sort of just start to get minutes in the legs without the pressure. So it might be used for that reason as well, or it might be used as a bit of a tactical shift ahead of the game at Parkhead. Yeah, um, I, I, don't think, I don't think he will do it. Uh, it just... He keeps talking about it, he keeps threatening it, he's going to do it. And you just kind of think to yourself, if he's going to spring this on Celtic without actually properly seeing how it works in a real game beforehand, that kind of worries me. Uh, and and his chances are, are running out of doing it before it comes to the Celtic game, because obviously there's no many games between now and then. So I wouldn't be surprised to see it, but like you, Dave, I think we will probably see it in the dying embers of the game. Uh, at Ibrox on Saturday if we're comfortable enough two or three goal margin so yeah it'll be interesting to see um, you might see it if it's only a one goal margin as well remember <laughs> that, would not, that would be the final that's <laughs> fucking panic stations if that happens your birthday's cancelled Oh, no. um, well, that's really it, really. Uh, there's there's not much else we can say. It, it should it should be a comfortable afternoon, um, comfortable enough. Uh, let's just say. Uh, and if it, if it's not, then I would there's something seriously wrong has happened. Um, but look, it's it's my birthday. I'll take a one 0 win now just so that Rangers haven't ruined it at all. You know what I mean? I mean, I won the one against Dundee United. I broke. Still, is kind of putting a wee damper on my birthday, but I'm, I'm still, I'm still knowing a bad mood about it. Um, we're, we're going to have to do a massive sort of apology when this pod, this entire podcast comes back to bite everybody in the ass. <laughs> uh, can I set myself up a wee bit? Aye, don't put this out till after the game. How about that? <laughs> Which means that we might not need to put it out at all. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Aye. 
No, we'll obviously be back to review um, the the game at some point next week. So all that remains for me to do is, uh, first of all, thank the listener um, for for listening in again. Um, We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music. Um, Anywhere there's social media, we will have a presence there somewhere. So if you could like, subscribe or follow us on any of the platforms, um, that would be very much appreciated. And finally, Dave, thanks to you again, mate. Cheers, mate. Pleasure. And we will be back next week reviewing this game. Um, So join us then. Thanks very much.